The time is 8.07. This is Bill Mick Live. iHeartRadio's talk for the Space Coast. With today's Common Sense on Common Radio. Here's Bill Mick. Oh, Galley Electric making hour number three possible on this Monday morning, the 19th of April, 2021. Nice to have you with us on 92.7 FM WMMB. You want to engage here? We let you in at 321-768-1240. If you missed some engagement last week, specifically our McNuggets from last week, those scripts published for you today in our insider email. Hit your inbox about 4 o'clock as long as you're signed up. Top of the page at BillMick.com. It'll take you back to my blog page where that post will be there later this afternoon and ready for you at 4 in that insider email. As has become our tradition on these Monday mornings on Bill Mick Live. Dave, try to take over the world. Dave Bowman joins us from Washington State where we uh, get him out of bed at 4, 4.30 in the morning Pacific time. And he gets a chance to listen in our uh, 7 o'clock hour before he joins us. Dave, you got some thoughts remaining from our Waters and Taylor Green discussion in last hour. Good morning, buddy. Thanks for getting up. Good morning, Bill, and all of Florida and your rainy weather this morning. It's very nice We're here. We're having a little bit of that. Yeah, very nice here. So a couple of questions for you, Bill. Um, okay. Let's say that Derek Chauvin is convicted. I'm not saying he's going to be. Actually, I am. I wouldn't even take odds on it. But let's say he's convicted. Does anything change? Does anything in this country change with a conviction of Derek Chauvin? Mm, my thought is no, other than maybe some police departments or elected officials that think they're in charge of police departments um, revising and putting in rules that may or may not be smart as far as officer safety goes around the country. I'm not going to go yay or nay on his conviction, but the actions appeared to be a little much or a lot much. And restricting that behavior when a cop could be fighting for his life, it, 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 they, they will unevenly apply any rules they do put into place. So other than reconsideration of police tactics and, and techniques, no, nothing's going to change. And I think that the, uh, the protesters slash rioters will be encouraged by whatever goes on here. So if nothing's going to change, and specifically politically nothing is going to change, Right. What's to stop Maxine Waters and her ilk from from the next outrage doing exactly the same thing again? Mm-hmm. The the caller a little while ago asked the question, you know, how do these or maybe it was in the chat room. How do these people keep getting reelected? Well, the way they keep getting reelected is some systematic of our entire problem with our system right now. The. The fact of the matter is that she represents a very small physical area of Southern California that contains roughly 650,000 people. That's the normal for a congressional district. So you figure sure. of that, only maybe 80% is eligible to vote. You know, they're kids or they're, you know, whatever. So of mm-hmm. that, you're talking about 200,000 people roughly on any given election. And she probably wins 80 to 90% of the vote. But like much like Nancy Pelosi, you're talking about two to 300,000 people who send this woman to Congress for how many years? She's been there for 40 years or something like that. And yeah. over the course of 40 years, 
because time becomes power in Washington, you essentially have someone who has the power that she has to go do whatever she wants to do being sent by by a very small minority of uh, numerical minority of the country. And oh, that's another position that, that we hit on briefly in the, in the last hour. She's a congresswoman from California. What business does she have in the middle of a Minnesota protest? Well, the problem is that and this is I mean, Bill, I don't. I don't mean to lecture you, but this is Newt Gingrich's fault. Newt Gingrich is the one who specifically in 1994 nationalized congressional elections. That, that was his, his plan, his goal, his, his purpose. We have nationalized elections to the point now where we all care what Marjorie Green Taylor has to say about anything. Why? I mean, this, this is the problem. And because these people have so much power and so much influence, and now they get on the cameras they get in front of the microphones, people automatically assume that most people, it's like Facebook. I mean, social media in Congress, these people, they, you see them on TV, and so you assume that, well, everybody must agree with her. Everybody must, everybody must agree with him. And the truth of the matter is, it's a very small percentage of people doing so, but because of the amplification of the power of their office by its nationalization, they can get away with this crap. And, you know, look, I agree with many of your callers this morning. Uh, I don't disagree with you that it's ineffective. But uh, being something of a troll myself, uh, if the Republicans had any cojones, which is what we used to say in California, uh, they would be all over this. They would be they would be in front of every microphone that they could find this morning repeating that, you know, inciting incitement of violence is a crime, regardless if you're the president of the United States or a congressman from California. Then that's an interesting perspective, Dave, because it points back to something I've talked about for 20 plus years in my radio career is the ineffectiveness of the Republican Party. I saw somebody (laughs) make a comment about that on the Facebook page a little earlier. And Republicans are too much interested in serving themselves as opposed to serving the good of the people that send them to Washington, D.C., or to Tallahassee, or to Sacramento, or what's your capital, Spokane? Right. Ours is Olympia, you know, where the rainier beer comes from. Yeah, okay, we'll <laughs> go with that. Um, they don't do – they they are not people of integrity and, and, and a principle anymore. They are people of well, politics, and, and that every, doesn't serve us well at all, it seems to me. Right, and everything has become right. so polarized. If, if I'm a mm-hmm. Republican, everything you as a Democrat say, think, feel must be wrong and evil – and vice versa. The truth is somewhere probably in the middle, but you can't admit it because as soon as you do, then your voting base or your people or your radio hosts or whatever are all up in your face about, well, how can you possibly get along with these people? How can you be friends with them? I mean, can you imagine a friendship like Justice Scalia had with, with Justice Ginsburg happening today? I heard you talking about that on your podcast the other day. And it's, and it's because they had at least a modicum, no, more than that, they had the respect for the other one's intellectual position, even though they might have disagreed. They believed they got to it in a thoughtful manner. Whether they thought they were right or not is a different conclusion, but they developed respect because of it. We've lost the ability to respect people, Dave. I've said this to you, Bill, since the day we met. Disagreement is not dislike. 
But we have turned it in this country to the point where disagreement is dislike. If I disagree with you, I must hate you and you must hate me. And so consequently, there's no middle ground. And so we can't look at something like a Chauvin trial. We can't actually look at the evidence of the Chauvin trial and make a rational decision. We have to look at the potential outcome of whether or not the NBA will be able to play its games or not. We, we, we have to look at that and make our decision based on those kinds of things, whether Maxine Waters gets her conviction or not, instead of whether or not the evidence supports the charge, which has me wondering if Chauvin, look, I'm not approving what he did. Uh, clearly, things should have been done differently. I mean, I was a military police officer for a year. Um, I, I would never have done that. I can't imagine anybody that I know anybody that would have done that. But was it intentional premeditated murder? I'm not convinced of that. But I'm wondering if he's just kind of being the latest sacrifice on the altar of we hope that this will pacify the the crowd. This is, you know, give us Barabbas. I mean, that's what this is. Yeah. I said that last week. That's funny. Um, and, and I didn't realize till I was listening to the Dave Bowman show dot com podcast over the weekend that you had been paid by the Modesto B to disagree with me and trash my show before you met me. But that's another story. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Your call's coming up with Dave Bowman on Bill McLaughlin. And we get to the phones with Dave Bowman joining us here, and uh, we go to line two. Good morning. You're up next on Bill McLaughlin. And he dropped. Line one, you're next. Good morning. Good morning, Bill. Hey, Jim. Go ahead, man. Uh, well, here's my point on this. I think that the first thing we have to realize is when we say Democrat and Republican, that the Democrat Party is no longer the Democrat Party. I was a Democrat my entire life in New York till I moved down here. Uh, they left me. I didn't leave them. I changed parties here. Secondly, we have to realize that the Democrat Party is much more committed to country into a socialist and communist direction than the Republicans are of maintaining the republic that we have now. And that the tactics that the Democrats use are, or, or I call them communists, are completely different than the tactics the Republicans use. Mm -hmm. They're willing to use property destruction, violence, racial divide, anything that they can do to try and achieve their goal, whether it's honest, fair, or, or based in any kind of, uh, uh, any, any basis where it was going to be helpful to the average American. Jim, I've had callers on this show advocate adopting their tactics in order that we may succeed. What do you think about that? Uh, like, like I said, there's an argument to be made, and I, I use this argument. You can be the greatest boxer in the world, and if the other person hits you below the belt four times in the first five rounds, you're going to lose. You're going to go down for the count because they cheated and they went around the rules. Uh, this country, for us to maintain the republic, we're not going to just do it by just standing there and letting them continue to be violent and destructive. So what's your suggestion? i got ten seconds for you. What's the suggestion? I don't have an exact suggestion. Okay, let me get Dave then to close it. Dave, we got about 20 seconds to go. What are you willing to compromise to do that? What, what are you willing to give up of your belief in this republic to preserve it? That's a great question, and uh, I'm not ready to go there. Not just yet, anyway. we got more calls to get to. Dave with us for the hour and uh, from Silverdale, Washington, bright and early in the morning. Dave, go get more coffee. We're back in a minute. Well, a couple minutes. I'm Bill McLock. The time is 826. <laughs> Thank you.
321-768-1240. O'Galley Electric, making this hour of the program possible. Nice to have you with us. As Dave Bowman joins us, as Bill and Dave try to take over the world, and we do, at least our portion of it, for about an hour here. Dave, thanks for getting up early and taking the time with us. I'm having fun with you joining us every week, so keep it up, will you? Hey, by the way, you just heard a cue to enter your keyword at the website at WMMBAM.com. $1,000 up for grabs in our nationwide. $1,000 stimulus check contest from iHeartRadio. Good luck. Want to see you win the money. You've got 10 more opportunities the rest of the day through our 9 p.m. hour this evening. Dave, we were talking the um, idea of Maxine Waters and Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Jim had called saying, look, the other side – we play by the rules, and they hit below the belt. Eventually, you lose if you get hit below the belt. Is that a suggestion in your mind, a cave on principle to, to try to stop the negative impact? At what point do you draw that line and say it's it's time for something else? I think it's human nature to want to go that direction. I think it makes us angry. And and believe me, I feel that angry. You know this. We, we spent a lot of time – I spent a lot of time in California – dealing with a moribund Republican Party that wouldn't do anything. Um, my fear, Bill, is how far are we willing to go to, quote-unquote, defend a republic by adopting these same tactics, which we admit are designed to destroy a republic? And once we're mm-hmm. down that road, once we cross that Rubicon, how are we any different? And if we can't get an answer well, to that question, then we are no different. Well, Lou is in Tampa, and he says he's got a solution, but he also says it will never happen. Lou, welcome to the show. Nice to have you along on a Monday. Hey, boys. How are we doing? We're good. What are you thinking here? So until we can have honest discussions, like you've you got to have honest discussions. I think if you look at some of the subjects that are going on, like on the police shootings or electric vehicles, the climate, we don't have honest discussions. And you take a look at, like, for instance, like the electric vehicle story, which is not related to this, but it kind of is. But in Dave's state, they're thinking of banning cars, gas-powered vehicles, in 10 years from now. And I think it's passed. Well, we don't have an honest discussion. When you tell people, hey, the EPA came out in California said that they were going to end it in 2035, we don't have the infrastructure to, to handle all that stuff. And now when you're talking about these police shootings, the kid that was 13 in Chicago, the kid that the woman shot in um, wherever that was. Brooklyn um, Center, Minnesota. Yeah. So until you have an honest discussion, instead of saying it's just the cop did it, and doesn't like black people. And so you have an honest discussion as to where, what happened to get you there, then we're not going to be able to solve it. Just coming out and saying, well, it's because black lives don't matter to people. So you're saying, Lou, that it's the posturing on both sides and the unwillingness to come together and look at the facts uh, that would be the actual narrative here. Correct. So I'm not, I'm not putting judgment on, on either of the, the, the cops in the two situations. But you have to sit down, have a discussion, and say, what got us here? What, what happened? Why did the kid get shot? Well, in both cases, the kids were doing something illegal, especially the kid in Chicago. Wasn't he shooting the gun at one point? Yeah, that was a shot-fired so, call, and apparently he ditched the gun behind the fence just before he got shot. 
Right, so Breonna Taylor's mother came out and said that Black Lives Matter in Louisville is a fraud. But no one's reporting on that because they don't want to. It doesn't. Well, somebody's reporting it because you and I both knew about it, Lou. I mean, let's be fair in that part of the discussion. The news is out there, but it's not being generated and circulated as broadly as, as maybe some other things were. Let me get to Dave's take on your solution. Thanks for being here, Lou. Dave, can we have the legitimate discussion of issues or is it all just politicizing it? I don't think that in the current environment you can. I mean, again, facts are considered subjective now. Your facts don't matter. My facts do. Um, your truth. Your yeah. truth is, is subjective. And I think a lot of that is in, intentional, and a lot of that is designed to distract from reality. I mean, it's the same argument about the science, Bill. I mean, you know, you follow the science. We have to listen to science. No, we don't have to listen to science. We need to understand science, but we're not willing to understand it. We're just going to hear a fact and and go with the prepared conclusion as opposed to considering what it might mean, how it might affect things. We're just going to say, well, this person says this is a fact. This is what we have to do. Therefore, we're going to do that. I don't. I agree with Lou. I don't. I don't know that you can have an honest conversation about anything anymore. I really don't because again, everything is. I disagree with you. Therefore, everything that comes out of your mouth is a lie, regardless of whether it's true or not. Yeah, and I know you didn't get to hear our first hour this morning. Most likely, I can start calling you at three a.m. if you want to catch all of it. But um, talked about Bill Maher yet again today. And talking about the media and the dishonesty and what's going on, there are places where we agree. Let's join there and act on those, and we're not being able to do it yet. Dave, bear with me, and I've got a set of facts I want to lay on you and get a decision out of you. But first, O'Galley Electric makes this hour of the show possible. Dave Bowman, by the way, hates hurricanes. It keeps him from enjoying Florida as much as he potentially could. Well, when hurricane season comes, we get brushed by one on occasion. If not, knock on wood, been hit by one. If we are, man, it could be devastating. And what's it do to the power? Well, commercial power, generally not available. Could be hours, could be days, could be weeks. And we've seen it be weeks back in 2004. Well, Chris, you at O'Galley Electric has a solution for your family, their safety, and their comfort. It's a Generac home standby generator. And the good thing with O'Galley Electric, they are a big Generac dealer. Big, They're big in that they maintain an inventory of these things. So when you call them, 321-425-3343, 321-425-3343, they'll give you a free estimate. And then they've already got the generator in stock so they can deliver it, install it, and service it right now. And there's no waiting. And by the way, you get ready for hurricane season before it hits. So make that call today or also go online, eggenerators.com and let O'Galley Electric provide that solution for your home. 321-768-1240 lets you in here. Dave, story by Breck Dumas at The Blaze that I headlined for us just because I want the decision out of you. You have a choice if you live on St. Vincent. You can either stay there and wait for the erupting volcano to bring death and destruction or you can get on a cruise ship from Royal Caribbean and evacuate the island to another island nearby and and take your chances with the coronavirus. When this became available, the CDC saw fit to include the CDC recommending against travel on cruise ships because there's a chance of getting the Rona because it's higher there. You've got a choice, Dave, a cruise ship with the Rona or a raging volcano. Which way are you going to go? 
You know, as a professional sailor and a former submariner, um, I, I'm going to take the island just because I hate I hate people. I figure everybody else will live leave the island, so I can probably find a place where I'd be <laughs> corona free and lava free. And if not, well, then maybe I'll be the sacrifice for the god that'll end the whole thing. Well, and and, and maybe you could be the future Pompeii, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I was <laughs> listening f- to one of your podcasts last week again, and you were talking about a huge volcano just waiting to go somewhere in Wyoming? Yes, Yellowstone. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You didn't know this? Dude, I I, I did well to get get to uh, Yosemite when I lived an hour and a half away. Come on. Yellowstone is like the largest supervolcano in the world. If it's one, it's one of the top three. If it's not, Hawaii is another one, by the way. Um, But Yellowstone, when it goes... It's going to wipe out everything in the United States east of Wyoming. I mean, but, and it's already 50,000 years overdue. East or west? East. East of Wyoming. The prevailing winds go east. Um, okay. So it's going to wipe out everything east you of have Wyoming. A timeline? Well, it's 50,000 years past due. So this whole Chauvin trial thing could be moot tomorrow. It could be moot tomorrow. The Rangers keep telling me not to worry about it, so I don't, but. All right, back with your calls and more Dave Bowman on a Monday morning here on Bill McLive. Stay with us. Galley Electric bringing you this hour of the program as we uh, up together. Dave Bowman joining us from Silverdale, Washington, making the sacrifice to get up early, paying his homage to the coffee gods. Dave, glad you're here, pal. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Cafe Bustello this morning. Let's uh, remind you, 321-768-1240, let you weigh in as Bill and Dave try to rule the world. All the stories we've had in play for the morning posted for you at BillMick.com. Our headline is Media, Education, and let's get to John, who's on the phone in Melbourne, Dave. Hey, John, you're on Bill Mick Live. Good morning. Good morning. On the business of uh, when do we compromise our principles in order to fight back or resist or advance our cause, uh, I'm reminded or fond of a Sir Thomas More quote, and you wouldn't abandon ship in a storm just because you couldn't control the winds. We we need not. We, I don't think we need to panic. I don't need need. We have to pull the trigger. Uh, we have other means of getting this done. We need to exercise the perseverance and discipline that uh, the op- the opposition has to incrementally advance and our fail and realize our failures. Ne- to not address those concerns all along the way are why we are here now. So the problem lies within us, or to be more um, specific about it, the Republican Party not being a party at all, but a place where folks claim to be like-minded when they're really not. True, true. And uh, we need to continue to be steadfast and advance what we want to see constitutionally and remain within that. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that they won't, the, uh, the opposition won't get knuckleheaded and pull the trigger first, but we aren't there yet. And we do have much that we can do and not be impatient in the pursuit of those things. All right, very cool. 
John, thank you. I'm glad you're here. Dave, get your thoughts on that while you have a minute. I like it. Um, I, I agree. I mean, at, at some point you have to say to yourself, okay, we've got to start thinking as opposed to just reacting. And when, you're, when, 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 when everything is based in your emotion, when everything is based out of your anger, you're going to make the wrong decisions. I mean, that's, uh, that's a fact. And I just, I get very nervous about let's just do what they're doing, especially when we say what they're doing is wrong. Yeah, I, I, and I appreciate where you're at there. Let's go to line two. Good morning. You're next on Bill McLaughlin. Hey, good morning, Bill. It's Rich from Plum Bay, buddy. Welcome, Rich. Good to have you along, pal. What's on your mind here? Man. Well, you know, Bill, I, I think we're going about this all wrong. We got we have a we have a system that's trying to divide everybody. They're, they're trying to make it, you know, it's not just race or ethnicity. Now it's, you know, vaccined or not vaccined. We just got to rise above all this, and we just got to tell everybody that we're not a race of people that hate we are people that love and it's just the more rhetoric that goes out there to tell us that you know be against this person be against that person we need to we need to rebuke that man we really do bill it's just not right i mean they're 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 making it so we can't even talk to the other side anymore because the other side thinks that we hate them when we don't we're just have a different view of how they look at the world. Well, and, and the other thing is, we can't agree on the facts of any situation. If we could look at the same set of facts and have the honest conversation, like you and others are suggesting, Rich, I think it would be a, a huge step in the right direction. At least sit down. And, and instead of screaming at each other, like Maxine Waters told uh, Representative Jordan, shut up and sit down. Yeah. That's just that stuff we don't need, Our, especially the people that we hold above. Uh, you know, uh, they, they should have a better moral value than where they're going right, right now. We're giving them esteem they don't deserve, right? We're at, we're at fault, too, Bill. Don't get me wrong. The, the right is just as much where we're screaming at them that their policies are bad, but we're not giving them a better look at what we should be doing to help them and help us. It, it's just constant rhetoric, and we've got to stop it. Well, Rich, I'm sorry you didn't earn a black helicopter ride today, but it's very well said, and I'm <laughs> glad you're here, pal. Thank you. Dave, give me your thoughts there. I don't know how we're going to get to that point. I really don't. Because like I said, we've created a society, whether that's social media, whether it's television, whether it's whatever, but we've created an environment where everything you say is evil and everything I say is gold. And until we get past, you know, you said that about we got to consider the facts. Well, okay, whose facts, yours or mine? Yeah, we can't agree on what they are. Right. And, and because we're willing to accept that, argument style and because we're willing to participate in it i i don't know when i was a kid my dad would have never never allowed that my school would have never allowed that but now it seems to be the norm all right dave i've got a question for you i'm, I'm going to relate something to you that was shared with me over the weekend and i want to get your thoughts on it because i've, I've seen you dance around it on the podcast a time or two and and we get there in just 60 seconds on 92.7 fm wmmb you know, we all want the best for our senior loved ones, and we hope they never have the need to be in some type of assisted living facility. But what if that time comes? You're not capable of handling it. You've got other responsibilities to make sure your family is cared for and that you have a roof over your head and food on the table, and you just don't have the skills to take care of mom or grandma any longer. 
Don't you want them in a place where life can get better, a place with a real home and amenities, like on a cruise ship or a resort? Well, that place in Brevard County, right in the center of the county in Suntry, is Chateau Madeline. And it is a resort-style senior living and memory care facility where Eric Hardoon, their executive director, comes from the hospitality industry, and he focuses on how those residents at Chateau Madeline are treated in the life that they have while they're there. And... They appreciate what happens here on WMMB because if you reach out to them, take a tour, decide that that's going to be the home for that senior loved one in your family, they'll give you $1,500 off the activity fee just because you're listening here on WMMB. So give them a call now, 321-701-8000, or see them online at SuntreeSeniorLiving.com. Your senior loved one deserves a home like Chateau Madeline. Dave Bowman with us this morning, TheDaveBowmanShow.com. Dave, I had a friend send me a video from Steve Day at the blaze and i don't know if you've seen or listened to any of steve's stuff in the past but he is a respected commentator out of iowa not that far from you and he was talking about how we perceive the country today and and he said we need to stop talking about patriotism and constitutionalism he said we we live in a post-constitutional America and that we are, in essence, pilgrims in a strange land that is not the country that we grew up in. And he says there are ways to behave based on that philosophy, basically as a traveler in a land where you're not appreciated for your values and thoughts and that your actions in that regard could be uh, determined whether we have success in the long run. But, and that's a brief summary of what was said there, but give me your thoughts as you heard it. Well, I haven't seen that. Um, you can sh- you should send that to me so I can watch that. I I have some okay. real concerns. There's a I had a similar conversation this weekend about where we are constitutionally, how the framers saw the Constitution twenty years on, and and I I said to the guy that I was talking to, you know, ten fifteen years ago, I was a I was a hardcore Federalist optimist, but. The politics, the the exposure to pure politics, the exposure to the human nature of things, and a serious consideration of the anti-federalist position have caused me to reevaluate some of that. I don't know where we are. I, I know that we are not the republic that was envisioned. I know that we have very little chance of ever becoming that republic. Now, ever, whether we ever were or not, is another argument, but getting back to that, I think is it would be a titanic struggle, and I don't know that we could. And I, you know, people talk about well, we're going to have a civil war. Really, I mean, we don't have the sectional, the regional disagreements now that we had before. So what am I supposed to do? Have a civil war on my block between liberal neighbors and conservative neighbors? I, I, I don't. I don't know how we get back to this. Um, it's like eating an elephant one block at a time, man. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I would guess so. The bigger question becomes, do we even really want to go back to that? Because I'm not convinced, and, and I get in trouble for saying this all the time, I'm not convinced that the Republicans use the Constitution as anything other than a prop. I'm not, you know. Oh, I don't disagree with you in large part. We had a great discussion on shooting straight over the weekend with Royce where we had the gun owners of America um, 
Florida executive director on for an hour, and he talked about dealing with an alleged Republican legislature here and a governor who campaigned on Second Amendment rights, yet in two years of this governor's uh, administration, one of them eaten up by the Rona, we understand, they have done nothing to advance significant gun rights legislation, although that's what they all run on. What I go back to is Paul Ryan. You remember Paul Ryan? He used to be the Speaker yeah, of the House, and then he was the uh, vice presidential nominee. There came a time mm-hmm. where there was a great deal of controversy in the country, and a law was proposed by Congress to punish some people for taking bonuses. AIG, I think, was the, the company. And in the middle of all this, someone pointed out to Paul Ryan that you know you can't do that. It's right here literally in the Constitution, no ex post facto laws. You can't make something criminal that wasn't criminal before and then punish people for it. Right. And Paul Ryan's exact quote was, I didn't know that was in the Constitution. Now, this was a man who was the Speaker of the House, Bill. And if he doesn't know that's in the Constitution... What do you think Maxine Waters knows or Marjean Taylor knows? What do, you, what do you think any of these people know about what's actually in there, let alone what any of it actually means or how it's interpreted or how it affects anything? Mm-hmm. So if they don't know and Are you don't one of care. Those Constitution Convention guys? Are you calling for one of those? No, I, I don't see a Constitution Convention. Convention of States, that's no. it, right? I, I don't see that actually working. I mean, how would you make you, – you couldn't make that work. It's been tried twice. And both times it was mm-hmm. a colossal failure because, really, where, where's the limits? I mean, the people calling for that are, tend to be conservatives, and they want conservative things in there. But, you know, there's going to be liberals there, too, just like there were Apparently at the first they one. they can only address whatever's announced to be in that particular convention. But that's a story for another day. Let me get a quick phone call in. Good morning. You're on with Bill and Dave. Tell me what you're thinking here. Well, uh, I'd like to compare this to the police. Um when you see a man with a gun, all right, like, at what point do you take action? You know, the people that oppose us right now, are they holding a gun? So what do you do? Well, that's what a big part of the discussion has been about. I'm assuming you're, you're meaning the folks pushing these agendas. Is, is that a political gun being pointed at us? And, and do we... Are you, are you saying that's a reason to turn to their tactics and make them acceptable then? Well, it's the rules of engagement. You know, there does come a point where, where you know, what Thomas Jefferson said when he said, what, the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. I can appreciate that, and I also think you have to look at the practicality of any action you choose to take with the Marjorie Taylor Greene thing. Is she going to get Maxine Waters tossed from Congress? No, it's not going to happen. I think you have to look at the likelihood of what your actions are going to bring on. Interesting question to bring up as the show ends. Dave, I'm going to give you the last minute. Go. Two things. One, Thomas Jefferson's context is is important there, and you need to really go back and look at the context under which he said that, which I don't have time to get into here. The second thing I would say is just because I see a person with a gun doesn't mean anything. I mean, I live in an open carry state. How do I know who that person is? In fact, reality is that if I see just a person carrying the guns, my leaning is going to be they're probably on my side because my side tends to be the ones carrying the guns. Yeah. It has to be used in a threatening manner. Cops can't engage until it is. So 
That's exactly right. Dave Bowman, always appreciate you getting up early and joining us on these Monday mornings. Catch him at the DaveBowmanShow.com, that podcast, very regular and some fun stuff. Thanks to O'Galley Electric for the hour, and catch the podcast of this hour later with Dave and on the iHeartRadio channel. Dave, we'll talk next week. See you then.